Greetings from London. This is Mariam Sharif and you are watching and listening to the Star Moguls podcast. I had a image consultancy in London in Mayfair and I used to have a black book of all the contacts that, you know, were useful. And recently somebody asked me, um, do you know somebody for Botox and fillers? And I was like, well, I don't really know anybody. But so this next guest of mine found me. And I'm so delighted because I have so many questions for her. So I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Turner, and she's a plastic surgeon in Harley Street. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I am great. I am great. Um, just really happy to have a, have a little chat about all the, the bits and the bobs. I'm always really delighted to, you know, to answer any questions because... I spend most of my time with my friends doing that as well. And, it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when I'm like, as a stylist, you, you, you enter, a, you know, a gathering, a party and the first thing everybody says, Oh, what is, what's going on with makeup? Can you give me some styling tips? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah. This kind of style doctor or you, as yourself, you probably get lots of questions and you end up in the corner. It's like, you. and then just one more question, one more question. But no, I honestly, I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, you know, what actually grabbed my attention firstly is that most of the plastic surgeons that, I know of or I've heard of are all mm. male and so uh, it's nice to have a female plastic surgeon um, uh, how long have you you know uh, been in this um, in this industry god um, almost about I'd say about 10 years now um, but I've, I've, I've been in different countries and so in in my current practice that I've set up probably about three years right yeah exactly yeah um and yeah it's it's I just love it it's just something I mean I was I've been very lucky that I found my my niche I think in medicine yeah um and it's just I think being a female definitely it definitely helps it definitely um, helps relatability isn't it because I was just speaking to a friend of mine and she's oh yes I've got somebody and because I was actually asking for another friend um so I must admit I'm a everyone, everyone's always asking for a friend well no but actually I'm gonna be I'm gonna this is a big confession of mine so I have to admit I'm obviously in my 40s I have never had any Botox fillers surgery you look fantastic definitely good genes and so well I don't know about that I think it's just happiness and great makeup um (laughs) but but I that that is my confession to you Dr. Turner and um so I'm a complete novice and kind of you know virgin to this uh these kind of uh, treatments and so when somebody asked me and I was like Oh, oh, I'm really not sure because I haven't had anything done myself. But now, now I'm on, you know, video more. And like you said, you're more visual. So you do pay yeah. attention because as a makeup artist and stylist, I'm always behind the camera. So uh, yeah. with the podcast, now you're in front and you kind of see everything as it is. And, you know, oh, I should have this yeah. or I have to have that. But so when I'm asking you, I will ask you completely like a beginner. And for those, I guess for those ladies and men or anybody that is listening, and watching uh, what you need to do when you are actually wanting to approach uh, a, a treatment and you want something done and what kind of is the kind of the technicalities of it all you know what is the process that should be going through your mind and what should yeah. you be asking your consultant basically yeah so uh, I love the fact that a you're female because you know it's it's nice to see in the medical industry you know medical field that there, yeah. there aren't many and you just you were just mentioning actually the fact about how many men are uh, compared to women it's really funny because i was reading the other day there's 90 so 90 percent of our patients are are female 
but yeah. 90% of the plastic surgeons are male. I only, there's only one other, you know, in my kind of group of colleagues and everyone, all my say, people who would have trained me all through my training, etc. I only had one female and that was probably out of about, you know, 20 male bosses over my time. Um, so it is very heavily male dominated, but I think it is slowly changing. You know, there's, there are younger, there's a lot of younger girls coming through and I have some, some registrars who are female and, you know, it's a breath of fresh air to the industry, I think. Um, and also, but I think it, d- it takes a little bit of time for, for patients as well to get used to the fact that their doctor isn't, you know, kind of a, an elderly male in a suit. You know, I think, I think it's all yes, just taking its time. Impression. Exactly. I have the impression if I'm going to go down, literally, I'm going to go down Harley Street. And this is, you know, my friend even said to me this morning, because oh, I've got no, I, I know somebody, I can give you somebody. And I was like, no, I don't want somebody for myself. I'm just asking you. And I said, oh, yeah. and he said, he's male. And I was like, mm, I don't really want, you know, and, I guess this is what I like, the fact that it, the industry is changing, you know, the, the, the field is changing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there is super, there's so many super male surgeons and super male yeah. doctors, yeah. Um, but it's such a personal thing. I mean, I think, you know, yeah. for it's me, it's a like, conversation, it's, isn't it? It's yeah. A really yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's because we all feel it the same. It might be about a different body part or it might be about a certain feature of our faces that really, really gets to us and gets us down or just we just don't like um, or that is changing over time. Um, and, you know, I always I can I feel that because I'm like, I can feel when I when I look in the mirror and I go through the exact same thing. Yes. And I think it's also it's also helping me and has helped me thus far because, you know, I'm so keen to, you know, t- to find solutions to my own problems and my, you know, the problems of my, my, you know, my, my female friends and, you know, my mom, her friends, I, you grow up hearing about all the things that women complain about. So, you know, yeah. it's so, it's so ingrained. Exactly. I think that, um, just having that empathy as a woman to understand another woman's, pro- you know, situation. And you know that you wake up or, you know, you've gone through different phases of life from, you know, like either waking up in the morning and you've, if you've got kids and you're literally at the house like this, or, you know, you're, you're a young professional and you're, you're, you're trying to make it, uh, you know, you're working longer hours or it could be anything. Sorry, sorry. And the body changes as, as a female, mm. you know, we go through you know our cycles and then our menopause and you know all the other things that are yet to come yeah, yeah, yeah. life <laughs> but you know, life, life, changes. life changes so you know your body's going to change share a little story with you so i had my image consultancy in mayfair and alongside that i also had a vip matchmaking service in which where i would help um professionals, young CEOs, um, matchmake, but also style them for their first dates or proposals and all sorts. And it was, it was wonderful. Um, and I was, uh, interviewed by a newspaper regarding, uh, my, my, uh, exclusive, you know, matchmaking service. And I had suggested in the, in the interview and I, which I do suggest to my, you know, clients at that time, that's 10 years ago, and especially to the Asian industry that, you know, if you need something done, a uh, little, you know, little something somewhere. Yeah, mainly I was talking about teeth, but like, you know, anything, you know, a little, uh, a little adjustment here and there. A little and, you know, even for hair or for teeth or anything that will improve you aesthetically to give you a better chance to be, you know, more attractive. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? If you're excelled in your yeah. professional life, why wouldn't you want to match that? with with your um your aesthetics with who you are all day long and so this was picked up and now i think about it dr turner in a decade how everything has changed you know now now i see 
like the pedicures and the manicures and the facials that you would have during lunch. You've got like lunch uh, time treatments that you can have yeah. that are non-invasive and you can literally be out and like within an hour or a couple of hours and you know and, it, and it's and it's getting easier it's kind of the takeaway of a uh, treatment and it's becoming so much more common you know it's yes. like you back then people you, you wouldn't talk about it you know it was no. very taboo it was like oh you know no one really wanted to know let you know have people know that they were getting their botox and this and that but now it's really you know, it's become much more, everyone's much more open about things like that. And, and rightly so. I mean, like you said, if it's, if it's something that's going to, you know, make you happier, um, and if it's something that's, you know, obviously safe and appropriate, why, yeah. why not? Why I not? had a friend, yeah, and I think you said, you know, happier. So if it's life-changing and it means that it's something where you're really going to feel the benefits of a long-term, you know, sometimes we can do things out of vanity, but I, um, mm -hmm. I had a, a friend from boarding school and uh, we had finished our O-levels and she had uh, a nose job, you know, and um, uh, she was beautiful, Dr. Turner, like five foot nine, 10, slim, beautiful. Yeah. But you know, her nose was like probably out of proportion and she felt it more than anybody else. And I think even her parents encouraged her to get it done. And you know that one life-changing moment procedure of however time it what took her has changed the rest the the rest of her life. The course of her life has completely changed regarding her career, her her relationships, and everything else. And so that one aesthetic change has changed her whole course of life. And, I, and I, when I think about it, I was like, you know, in those days, when I was 15, for goodness sakes, it was like, you know, I would think surgery or plastic surgery was about yeah. reconstruction or somebody's had a mm. car accident or an acid burn victim or something, and it's a reconstruction. And then I kind of moved into where I, where I early age in my teens kind of discovered, okay, people are having surgery. So it wasn't new to me. And I think it also depends on the, the environment and the type of, people or environment you know the, the you know who, yeah. who is around and who's wanting to you know reveal these things and I think from that social status as well in boarding school kind of got to know a lot of things so even that was a taboo but you know I'm, I'm talking about Pakistan you know this is a procedure that's in Pakistan so it was really remarkable and now I look at it and it's completely changed 10 years down the line you've got invasive non-invasive so I want to discuss that really what kind yeah. of treatments if somebody's you know looking to the first thing is I think if someone is looking to do a treatment yeah uh, what should they be doing because there's invasive and there's non-invasive right so something that you literally have to go underneath kind of anesthetic or do you would you need anesthetic for both depending um so in general most most of the invasive things you need to be you need to be put to sleep for. So right. when I talk about invasive things, I talk about uh, facelifts, rhinoplasty, nose job, large volume, liposuction, tummy tuck, things like that. Yes. Um, everything else you can basically do without local anesthetic um, or with local anesthetic, excuse me. Um, so they would be non, they would, we would categorize them as non-invasive. Yes. You know, even though you need some local anesthetic, you know, in the form of an injection, it is non-invasive to us. So that's how we categorize them. So anything you've basically got to go to sleep for is invasive. And yeah. anything you're awake for in the week that I can chat to you during is um, non-invasive. Yes. Um, and it's, I think it's probably very daunting for people because, I mean, even when I talk to my friends and they'll say, oh, I have this. That's, you know, I'm just even talking over the weekend. I was chatting to a friend and 
um, as she's gotten a, a little bit older, she's in her in her mid to late late forties now, and she's lost some weight. Um, and her hands have gotten very. She feels her hands have gotten very old looking. Yeah. You know, she's lost a lot of volume on the hands, and she's like, mm-hmm. she just doesn't know what you know what can be done, um, and you know how you know what would what should be done to kind of you know improve the appearance of her hands. So I think you you may it's a good idea to you just need to go see someone and describe what you want to achieve because yes. that's always the first question that I ask anyone because there's yes. so many different types of procedures. And you might see something online and it might be, it, it might, you know, it could be, but it could be not the appropriate treatment or it could be something yeah. that's not going to actually target what's really affecting you. And it's a really um, personal thing, isn't it? So something that bothers one person might not bother somebody else. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, yeah. Somebody who has a problem with their jawline or their, their eyes and it might not have a problem, you know. I also got a, an Iranian nose, but, you know, for me, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, maybe didn't want to do that right you know I'm, I'm such a chicken when it comes yeah. to that you know and so you know as a makeup artist I know how to maneuver and I you know how to contour and, and you know I learned the the art of makeup so I mean, that helped me but I'm sure that you know there's certain things that are very personal to somebody that probably they don't even feel and the next person would say well no I'm this is not this is like a deal breaker for me you know yeah oh my god definitely and I think I think that's what I notice is that I've, I've like patients are very very honest with me because um I think a lot I would have seen you know when I would have been working with with some other older male male colleagues and you know when I was earlier on in my career you some people they just they try and they brush it off they brush you know because they think oh it's not a big it's not a big issue or you know that's fine you don't need that but you know everyone's personal issues are their personal issues um yeah and that is definitely number one you need to get to the the root of what is you know what is bothering that person and what are the options then and then you can go from there and there's definitely not a one one treatment fits all regardless you know there's definitely not a oh we can just do that non-invasive or we have to go invasive it really is it's I think it's probably one of the things that I enjoy most about plastic surgery is that it's it's so tailor tailor-made per patient you really you know have to draw up a plan for whatever treatment or procedure you're going to do and um yeah, it's, it's, I think, a little bit different than, say, things like general surgery, where if someone has a, a problem with their appendix, you're just going to take that out. And that's yeah. that. You know, it's a little it's bit more... appendix. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, sometimes it's a bit like kind of like, like solving a puzzle, but um, yeah. it's fun. You know, I was looking at the statistics for the UK, especially. So mm-hmm. 2018 and 2019, and I saw there was a, a, a you know, the statistics say that um, women... Uh, uh, the, the the most popular um, treatment or what they're they're going for is a um, breast um, uh, breast augmentation augmentation and um, men rhinoplasty yeah so that was and I that kind of shocked me actually so is there a trend that you're seeing in twenty 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 is for me is all about the face. Um, right. well there's two things so it's it's about certain things on the face that people are seeing so it's people um men and women are seeing it they're kind of their lower face aging and that is that is because of how we are living at the moment you know, we're just on screens most of the time yes yes um, absolutely. so people are really focusing on so mm-hmm. there's a lot of people coming that have um they're you know they're they'll have women or men and they say oh my jawline just isn't it's it's kind of getting saggy um and a lot of men a lot of men and women but more men I think for eyes this year um and 
I think liposuction, I mean, the liposuction is always really, really, it's really popular, but, um, you know, because also I think people in 2020, they have the opportunity to have some downtime if they yes. need that. Um, that's been really, really, really popular at the moment. So like, I haven't had anything done and, I, I, and I've, I've actually gained on, gained weight. And so everybody's, I had a friend of mine said to me, she goes, and Botox done. And I was like, no, this is natural fat. <laughs> it's nothing else except for just some, I've just plumped myself up naturally. There is nothing worse um, than losing weight for your face. It's just, you know, you and know it, it's what awful. it is. I'm actually afraid of now losing the weight because I'm like, we can't deny uh, gravity, but we can, uh, you know, we can delay it, <laughs> for, you yeah. know, as long as we can. And I've noticed for my own self, that I laugh a lot, you know, I laugh a lot, I smile a lot. I don't think I've, I'm, I'm, I have, a, a, you know, one of those faces that just doesn't talk or I have movement in my face and my body. Yeah. And, and I do notice that I have lines and stuff. And I, you know, as, as you get older, you just, you just, you know, it's just, a, it's just aging. And what, what can we do? This is just fact of life, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, unfortunately, and it's the way females age as well. It's very specific. Men tend to, I think, get almost better looking with age, the weight, cause, and that has a lot to do with some the anatomy of their faces as well. Oh, yes. but with, with us, we, um, we tend, everything tends to go south. Yeah. And um, that is definitely something that I think it's probably with regards to everything in the face, the thing that I get the most of is ladies coming and saying, this used to be here. <laughs> Why is this here now? Yeah, yeah, here. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. when, when I, was, I was just doing some makeup tutorials recently and filming them, and I was talking about how to place the makeup. So literally you're lifting the, the face. And so, but with such procedures that were just so great. You know, I, I was reading something about th threading. Yes. And I first thought threading was the, you know, the Asian way where you take the thread and you're actually... For your eyebrows, yeah. Yeah, but it's not threading. Can you explain the threading? Because it's quite a popular one that I've been reading about. And because we're talking is. about women, especially about features, about the sagging on the, the lower half. Mm. Um, can you explain a little bit about that? Of course. So it's so essentially what it is, is you have these long threads, okay? And they have these little cogs on them. And what you do is you, you, you bring them, you essentially tunnel them underneath the skin. So it's non-invasive, but you need an injection of local anesthetic to have it done. Right. And say, for example, if you wanted to lift this area, so just looking at my hair there, <laughs> it's a bit crazy you will so you have an anchor point here in your hairline and the thread will be tunneled down it'll come out here come out here and you will literally pull the skin back like that so you're tightening the thread and the thread embeds in the deeper layer of the tissue to give you that lift um and so, does to do a, so does the thread stay in in there or does it dissolve or or does it, it just dissolves yeah so it really depends with that that's one thing if anyone is considering getting threads done they need to make sure they get the high quality threads because there are so many threads on the market yeah um, that i've seen problems i've seen i've actually had to surgically remove one lady's threads because she it was like an off brand um and they didn't dissolve and then they create this horrible reaction um which is devastating oh, i mean that's a devastating thing to, to happen to anyone um, did it go the threads, side or did it what what happened so it what happens is you form they form um it's a, a foreign body reaction okay because oh, right. if in and it, you get these clumps in the face and it, you have to just remove all the threads um but the good the good threads the normal threads and the ones that people most people who are doing thread lifts use 
um, are made out of substances that the body dissolves. So similar to dermal fillers. Um, and the body will break them down over a period of time. And in the process of breaking them down, the, what's left is, a, is strings of your own collagen. Right. So that's how you get a, a kind of a, a little bit of a longer effect. Right. But they can, they can work really nicely when you just use them with some really dermal filler, just putting on onto the, to give you some bone structure. Um, and I always find people are always really scared when you say dermal filler because dermal filler has, you know, a really bad reputation because we've all seen so many horrible examples, you know, people yeah. just really puffy. Um, yeah. But if, if you use it, you know, carefully and in the right place and at the right level of the face anatomically, um, it can, it's, it's really, it can really transform the face. So I've obviously come from the Middle East uh, after spending like six years there. And I can see like a lot of people, a lot of women really take pride in their appearance, which I think mm. is fantastic. And so uh, it's actually surprising. The more that I was in that environment, I didn't even pay attention. I was just so in my, my own self. But anyway, what I, I just, I think I was just uh, living off the sunshine. I, <laughs> I was just kind of happy that I was there in the sunshine. But I wanted to ask you, so there's a lot of things that do go wrong. And yeah. how can we avoid that, right? Because I think that that's something that you should kind of be prepared, prepared from the from the beginning, right? What kind of questions should be asking yourself and other people? And because um, I always say that you should have, it, you know, that, that decision should be approved by one of the boards, uh, you know, depending oh on yeah. uh, what, what would you suggest? Okay, someone who's wanting to do something, what would they do uh, initially? What's the first kind of um, first couple of steps that they need to be asking or, or researching, I guess? So I think the, the really important thing is once is, is that the person that you decide that you entrust to do whatever is that they are able to deal with the complications that can arise because any, any treatment, whether it's non-invasive or invasive, can, there can be complications. You know, you can't do anything to the body without the, yeah. there being the potential for that. Yeah. So, but, but the difference is being able to identify them early and then manage them. Okay. Right. So that would be, so if someone was going for, you know, if wanted to do some thread lifting or, or, or fillers or things like that, anti-aging treatments to the face, you know, things that can go wrong are it can go into blood vessels and you can, you know, you, everyone has seen those horrible cases, you know, where, or read about there being things like blindness occurring, bits of the skin dying, you know, you need to go to someone who is able to identify those kind of complications early so that they can be reversed. So that would be the one thing I would. And I think you know, this is why I would say that you know make sure that you have somebody that is kind of recommended and yeah. and uh, and reputable because sometimes you know if you if you want to save a bit of money or you know you're looking to do something because there's a lot of cases of uh, this last few months where people are doing procedures uh, like I said at home home procedures. Oh my god! Yeah, I've, I was, <laughs> I've I, was, I was shocked as well. I was like, how could you even like? even risk your your yourself your face your body like, why would you want to do that it's such a complex complicated procedure yeah. and people just think that i think it's it's i think yes it's um become more common but it doesn't mean that it's become easier you know and i think people yeah. have uh, they've translated it differently where people think okay it's an e-filler we're looking to get injection and just fill it in and they just don't understand what they're doing yeah and there's a lot that i mean i think I would be in the camp. I think there's so many, you know, there's so many talented people that do it. But I think if you're doing it, you should be able to deal with the type of things that can affect, that can occur, and you should really know the anatomy in literally inside out. You know, you need to you 
you know it's not enough to just go to a court you know if someone goes to a course for one day and gets taught one technique you know they need yes. to have uh, you know a little bit more wealth of experience I think and you know when you think of surgical training goes on a, a long number of years you know from the very beginning to the end it's about 15 about 15 years so you know that's not a type of experience you can get in maybe a one-day course that's exactly um, what I say yeah exactly I mean I'm quite you know a lot of people are doing you know little courses and then they're off off, and off they go and then they do this yeah. treatment but i'm i'm very very scared of of people who don't have the knowledge or the expertise behind yeah. them and, um, and this is what i always say you yeah. know do your research really kind of look into that person and when i discovered you i was like oh my god so amazing because you have such a wealth of knowledge i had detected but a little still bit learning of, every day every yeah. like literally and that's what's also so challenging and fascinating about it and even people who are at the very end of their careers they will say that you know they would be like oh that's you know you know that's what I learned today from that you know it's it's really it's but you are usually able to apply something of your something that has happened in your experience toolbox to to you know to solve any problem that arises you know but you still you know you it still can be very challenging no matter what stage you are in. I just wanted and I think, to I, I hear a little bit of a, an accent and um, so I just yes. wanted to ask you where are you originally from and where did you train so people know that you know that uh, of your expertise and how much you how long you trained and you know yeah. uh, the, the amount of work you you've done before you moved to Harley Street so I, I hear a little of an accent there. Yeah so I am Irish Irish southern Irish born in Cork um, grew up in a big family yeah. um, in Cork and do you come I, from a medical-based uh, family? Because I know, like, uh, my, yeah. my yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah, my dad was a doctor. My mum was a, a midwife. Um, and, but I, they never, my dad, they never really kind of said, oh, you should do this. Um, right. I think it was actually one of my mum's, <laughs> it was one of my mum's friends said it to me because she said, because I was quite a chatterbox, and she said, you know, if you become a doctor, you can just talk to people all day long. <laughs> so I thought, okay, that's a good idea. And then my dad was like, okay, well, that's, that's a good reason to do it. Yeah. But, so that's kind of the, how I decided to do it. Um, my, my niece, because um, obviously I'm Asian background, so um, my my niece, obviously they want her to be a, a doctor, but she said, I want to be a singing doctor. I want to sing, but I also am going to heal my patients by singing. And I was like, well, that's She could, she could. <laughs> so well, yeah, I mean. That, she could she could sing and then she could play like I always play music in theater whenever I'm operating so you can you know she could record her own tracks she could be a singing surgeon could be yeah nurse. so you moved from so you trained from and you, you uh, university yes. Irish graduate yes and then I did a lot of my junior training my junior surgical years those crazy years when you're like working like 80 100 hours weeks um, just yeah. living off giant vats of Starbucks and then I moved to Germany, and that's where I did a lot of my specialist training. Right. Um, specialist training there. Are they there. much more advanced than England? Is Germany more um, advanced, or is that, did you choose that for a certain reason? Or, or was... I chose it, well, basically because I decided at that stage that I, was, I wanted, so plastic surgery is very broad. So it, it covers, as you mentioned, all, you know, all the bur, you know, burns reconstruction, yeah. cancer reconstruction, hand surgery is a huge element, um, and aesthetic surgery, obviously. Um, you, you train in all of these areas until you, you can kind of do the aesthetic part. But why Germany really appealed to me is because their health system actually covers a lot of the aesthetic procedures so oh, really? we, we yeah so things like 
you know people who have lost a lot of weight and have excess skin yes. we would their tummy tuck would be done on their version of the nhs um you know the same for for people women who've had uh, babies and need need that that skin removed that tummy lifted um because it's considered you know it enhances their 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 life with the quality lifespan, of life yeah, thing. yeah the lifespan exactly so that meant that i was getting exposed yeah yeah medically isn't it it's a medical yeah yeah so that meant that in germany my exposure to um you know cosmetic cosmetic surgery um which you don't tend to get in some of the other european countries it's not as widespread you know you you don't get exposed to it really in um in um the uk or the irish training system so that was a that was that was essentially why i went yes and then it was it was crazy but um it was it was hardcore but it was it's definitely been worth it <laughs> yeah and you also have uh so you also have a um, um a middle east connection as well because you've done some work out there or you have your clients out there yeah so i i have um, a lot of middle eastern clients here but actually i'm due to start um start a part-time role in doha but i, I was due to start that in january um yeah. But obviously, with COVID and with the travel, with the entire situation, that's obviously been put on pause. But um, yeah. because of a lot of what I do is, um, and they don't, there's not as many female plastic surgeons. So for things like the kind of the procedures I just mentioned, so reconstruction after weight loss, things like that, um, that's essentially what I'll be doing out there. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! That's great. Um, well, I was going to ask you, so uh, back to the, the fillers and, and uh, Botox. Yeah. So I was, so when I was in the Middle East and uh, I think I went to a conference uh, where a lot of, I didn't go, but um, a couple of girls had gone and they were talking over lunch. And they said that actually fillers could be actually quite good for you. And because of the ingredients that they have, it could generate, like the, stimulate the skin and produce mm. collagen and actually stimulate your cells. So People think, so don't think that it's, because I always think, oh God, something's going into my body and it's something alien and I don't even take paracetamol, but how, how can something be like that be a, a benefit? Is that right? Mm, there's a huge amount of the newer products, the newer yeah. generation. Um, there's ones that are essentially, you just use them very superficially and they increase the hydration and the turnover in your skin hugely. They have, it's just about the cells that are used in them that upregulate your own cells processes. Um, and there's ones that you can use for, you know, deeper that, that they start your own body's collagen production. So you get, they give, they, they kind of start this reaction. So you end up producing your own collagen. You're not just using, you know, that, that, you know, the artificial substance to give you the volume. So there's yeah. all the, the newer generations of really, really high tech remodeling. Yeah, properties. it's quite sophisticated, yeah. isn't it? It's completely different yeah. to what it was but a decade ago, five years ago, even because oh my god, completely. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, interesting. I remember even when I did my first, when I first learned how to do Botox, um, and the dosage, even what was suggested to use then, that is, you know, totally, you know, it's been proven that that's that's wrong, and that's, you know, we use a much lighter dose than we would have used. So it's things of things are progressing all the time yeah. um, but there's a lot there's a lot of benefit for your skin um from using some of the some of the the newer models of dermophilus yeah so if there's a if there's someone who is looking to do something a little bit more um invasive like uh, maybe a tummy tuck or um, a rhinoplasty um, 
what would you suggest to them for them to do their homework before they come in to even to come and see you what would what would yeah. you what, what would you want a, a patient or a, a client to do before even coming to see you like uh, and um can you explain say something if we take an example of a tummy tuck yeah what is the process of that because i understand you know it's not just having the treatment it's it's uh, it's before during and even after because yeah. oh my God, yeah. are, you know there's a lot of psychologically as well you have to be prepared um Definitely. so so if we take an example of a tummy tuck what would you yeah. suggest um you know someone should do before seeing you so if you're so someone who is coming for a tummy tuck first of all they have you know there has to be a certain criteria for example if you there's no point in doing a tummy tuck if you're planning on having any more children you, right. you know so kind of to have your completed your family so, yeah so you wouldn't just accept somebody just to come in for for a procedure you would really kind of talk them through why and yeah 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 oh for sure for sure um and make and ask them ex like examine each layer of the tummy and you ask them what exactly is bothering them most around the tummy because maybe you can you maybe you don't need to do a complete tummy tuck maybe you can do a smaller tummy tuck or just some some liposuction Right. The next thing is that they need to be, they need to, you need, they need to be in, in a healthy, healthy weight, weight range, you know, right. tummy tucks and liposuction, they're not treatments for, for obesity. You know, they need to, someone needs to be in, in a, in a more, in a healthy, you know, have a healthy body mass index, not talking yeah. about being super low, but they need to be, you need to be healthy. You know, you're, you need to, you know, have, you know you'll see people and you know they they maybe they want they think that they can just get all their fat liposuction but it's yeah. more these type of things are at the end of you know the very at the tail end of of you know any weight loss yeah it's not, any it's weight not loss just time. um it's not just the solution that to have the no. there's, there's much more before in the consultation i think this is where I think that is the most important this is the way the conversations and the questions need to be answered like yeah. what exactly why and like what does it all entail because i think a lot of people when you don't do enough research and preparation ask questions i think that's where you kind of even have a miscommunication of something as well oh my god definitely and also so i, I always have minimum for, for something like a tummy tuck there's minimum two consultations before yeah. the operation sometimes there's even three i also ask them if they're if they have partners at home um to bring them with them because yeah. they need to be on board it's not something that you just come in for an hour and you go home and everything's fine you know with it with the tummy tuck the aftercare like you mentioned is it takes a number of weeks yeah um, so what is the downtime how, how long is a, a recovery uh, i know there's a everybody's body uh, uh, recovers in a different rate but like yeah. what would you what would you suggest for someone to take how much time off work or you know so it depends on what type of work you do but you if if you've kind of low intensity work, you know, maybe, maybe more office type base work, at least one week, I would say two weeks. One, oh, really? one, quite, one week. Yeah. One week, one week. You're going, well, until you're feeling really, you know, until you're, you're feeling back to normal, it will be a month. Yeah. Your first week, I always say to people, your first week, you will feel miserable. You know, you will be, I also, I ask people to go to, to walk a little bit stooped because you don't want to be putting too much tension on the tummy. Um, also what I do is, um, I have a, a post-op program, which is, I think is really, really important. Yeah. Um, so what is involved is it, if, if you say, for example, if you take, you know, Brazil or any other, um, the South American countries where basically cosmetic surgery originated from, 
right. they will not operate from someone from, uh, uh, from Brazil. Not particularly, but that's where you know. So that would be an epi, one of the epicenters. You know, right. it's just super. There's just the the volume of people who go through for plastic surgery every week is yeah. is really really high. Yeah. Um, so that you know, so obviously you know they're re, they're kind of at the forefront of any new innovation right. always. Um, okay. And no surgeon there will, no plastic surgeon will operate. You know, do one of the body contouring procedures on a patient unless they have a post op operative physiotherapist. Okay. So they, they come to their house, and this is a program that I've started here as well, and I think I'm probably the only one that, you know, that does it. So there's a physiotherapist that comes to the house every day for 10 days after the operation. That's and wonderful. Does, and does lymph, lymphatic drainage. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it just, it changes, it changes the, the, the person's experience completely. You know, there's... The discomfort, the swelling is so much more that you would have after that. And you know, sometimes yeah. you know, if you say to your husband or your partner that, "Oh, I'm I'm feeling this way," well, you shouldn't have had it done in the first place. Why did you have it? Done? And and it just becomes yeah. like the opposite. Instead of actually having someone who's actually on your side and actually feeling that pain, you know, it can cope. You know, then you're left on your own. And what do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they need to be involved, and they need to know that this is, you know. That this is something that's going to improve that this person yeah. is going to make them happier and improve their life and they need to be supported with when they're going through the process yeah. so it's one week of feeling kind of miserable you have your aftercare for for 10 days where you're getting lymphatic drain drained every day for an hour yeah um which also helps avoid any complications like fluid collection collection of blood any contour abnormalities all that kind of stuff that you just don't want to don't um and then the second week, you know, you can start driving about a little bit. Um, you'll still be a little bit up and down. By week three, you're more back to your, your normal self. You're still not doing any heavy exercise, but your, your normal activities, you're feeling fine. You know, going shopping, you know, going, doing, you know, going to work, maybe, you know, picking up kids, things like that. And but by, it, it takes up to a month for you to, yeah. feel, to feel great and for the wounds to have healed. Um, so I would say for a tummy tuck, it is one, it's the, probably the most invasive of all plastic surgery procedures. Yeah. I love and the it, it that you have this program, this kind of aftercare, because I think yeah. you could avoid any, um, any major problems after, if, if there is a problem afterwards, that's yeah. a, you kind of get it straight away rather than having, yeah. you know, that person to, to, to realize actually I'm not feeling that great. And is it something that I meant to be suffering is it abnormal pain or is it, is it part of the tummy tuck? Yeah. No, like, How are you supposed to know if you've never had it before? Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and also you want it to be Having a positive that. experience. You know, these are things that people probably have been thinking about. You, you'll always find that someone will have been mulling over it in their head for, for a long time and then they make the decision and you, you want it to be as pain-free mentally and physically as possible, you know, and that they, they have a, a positive experience out of it. And aren't you know re feeling really miserable and 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 down after it? You know that's that's not life enhancing, and that's what that's what plastic surgery, in my opinion, is about. It's about enhancing your quality of life. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and um, if we take the vanity, you know, to the side, the benefits that you know, because I've seen it from a you know a sixteen, seventeen year old girl who has completely transformed her life. Yeah. And, you know, we do it on a non-invasive level as a makeup artist and stylist and that can see the benefits. And as much as I love the, the inner self-esteem and the confidence, 
when you look good, you automatically feel good. You know, there's a side effects of, yeah. of styling, of, of, of the outer, the image, and especially with, you, do, yeah. you know, with social media being, you know, such a focus that everybody's on camera and everybody's on there to look, you know, you have to look aesthetic and everybody likes, and who doesn't want to look good? You know, Dr. Turner, yeah. who doesn't want to look good, basically? But if you are um, w wanting something done, I think you should do it because you really want to do it. And it yeah. will, it will have, and it, and it will, I think sometimes it ripples in all parts of your life. Like I've seen, you know, firsthand with, uh, with my boarding school friend, you know, her relationships, her work, and everything kind of completely changed. And I think about it, and I think about the sliding doors effect, that if she didn't have it done, how would it be? And I think she'd be fine. But the way that she's dynamic now, the confidence that she has, uh, yeah. completely different, completely different. So, um, you know, there is um, pressure. I do want to talk about how social media has totally <laughs> changed the perceptions yeah. of, of our own bodies. You know, we've, um, we've had the celebrity culture where, you know, a lot of people had procedures done and, and you know, it was very, it was very an exclusive thing for just celebrities. And now with social media, I read something that um, uh, people are actually wanting to come in with like Snapchat filters and say, I want to look like this person. Like I want to look like my Snapchat filter. Uh, you know, I want to have, you know, um, big boobs and a big butt. And, and, you know, how can certain body types will not suit, suit, right? So you have to yeah. go with your body shape, your scale, your size and everything. I mean, that's what, what in proportion and in balance with who you are. But do you get people who are uh, social media? Do you think there's a diff there's a change now since social media has come around, and Definitely. how people are perceiving their bodies, insecurities as well, actually. Definitely, I think the the, the filter thing, first of all, is 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 huge. I have had patients, and they'll 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 ask for things that are you know they were like, I wanted to look like this, like you said, like a filter, and you have to just say, I can't actually anatomically achieve that you know that that's not well, what I can't do that you know that that's not physically possible um so but I, I would say that they are um, especially young people I think not yeah. what I want to address is the younger girls and and even boys you know mm. uh, but a lot of the females that are seeing this image which is not realistic yeah I'm, I think it must be so hard to be um to be a teenager now I mean yeah. it just must be it, it just the pressure just must be enormous you know and um I think I, I don't I mean I never you never want to operate on on, the, on someone who's young or vulnerable that's all that's a definite no you just don't um is there a, um uh, an age limit that you that you have um not a personal age limit so obviously so it would be it would be 18 definitely but you would very rarely i would very rarely operate on on someone under 25 i would think yeah um but you but i mean you you can tell when someone comes to see you and you're talking what their you know what what their reasons for for, for wanting this procedure and you you have you know you your conscience should kick in and you you know you you can't yeah. do things that are that are you know i always try to think you know, if it was me, would, what would I want someone telling me? And you want someone who's human and, you know, is going to have a bit of empathy and like, no, look, this isn't the right procedure that, that's, you're not, you know, that's, 
not the way everyone looks. There's a lot of filters. There's this, there's that, you, you know. A lot of your clients that, you know, uh, this is, sorry, but this, I can't do this on you. This is, this will not suit you or this, this is not something for you. Um, I would say about, yeah, there's that. I mean, definitely. I have no problem saying that. I mean, cause you just, I don't think, um, it's first of all, it's unethical doing things that, that yeah. you don't think are, are right. Um, that's, you know, it has to be an appropriate procedure for, you know, the right patient. Um, and I would rather, I, I would rather not do an operation. I mean, because you can, you can really damage someone, someone's life. You know, that's a serious mm-hmm. thing. It's someone's body, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a big responsibility. And I think, um, I think always... Oh, I don't know. It's a real, it's a real, um, I think I always talk about this with one of my, one of my best friends is a plastic surgeon as well. And we always talk about this and we talk about the, you know, the really young girls who are coming in. And, but the, the problem is that they will go, if someone has this idea in their head, whatever I say, you know, they will go. And the, the unfortunate thing in, in, in my industry is that there will be always someone Somebody who will else. do it. They will go out and they will find, you know, I know of, there's always someone who's going to, who's going to push the boundaries and push the limits. Um, um, but it's a personal just decision I just made at my the start of my career. So I just don't I don't want to I want to just I don't want that. You know I want to would rather just do operate less if that's what it means um, yes. and just do just do good work really because that's why um, you're going to feel good about yourself as well. Yeah, of course it's long term, isn't it? It's it's a, yeah. it, it, it's part of your profession not to just do something short term. And you know you obviously um, your clients everything's based on trust. Everything's based on trust and integrity. So, um, you know, this time with during COVID in this last yeah. four or five months, has your business been affected? Uh, like um, with, with clients and obviously you said that you're not able to fly now and uh, travel to Doha. But uh, regarding work and your practice and uh, as an entrepreneur, how has it affected you? So I essentially, I stopped working the end of March when there was, there was the lockdown. Um, but I actually had COVID myself then. So I was sick for a couple of weeks. So um, oh it, it didn't really bother me that much. Um, I actually did the then, same. I was recovering most of the time. So I didn't even know what everybody was doing. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, were you, did you have it as well? I had all the symptoms as well. And I, I had just got back from Dubai and I just thought it was a bit of jet lag or maybe I'm just not feeling yeah, yeah. good. You're like, oh, hey, I've had COVID. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I can't breathe. And I rang my, my friend who, who works with the ambulance service and he goes, I'm going to drop an inhaler off. And I, I literally had these excruciating pains so, um, but with yourself, I mean, you know, business and so you actually, did you, um, did you get tested or, or not? Um, no, I didn't get tested. No, so I've been tested since because to yeah. operate, to, to, be, to be in Back the in, hospital yeah, where I work out of, we need to do um, antibody, do antibody tests every six weeks. Um, right, right. Yeah. So, so I've been tested, so I know now, but at the time I wasn't tested. So, um, so that was, I had it, it was probably about a month. So I was sick, so I didn't, it didn't, I couldn't have worked. So, yeah. um, and then in, in May, I went, started going back doing hand surgery and skin surgery. So I, yeah. you know, so, um, so that's an aspect of my, of my, of my practice that is, you know, people need their hand surgery, people need their, you know, their skin surgery done, talking about right. you know, cancerous lesions, things like that. Yes, yes. So went back in a, on a limited capacity in, in May, obviously with all the, the PPE, etc. Um, and it's really only been the last month or so, the last two months that we started doing, um, you know, more cosmetic based procedures again. 
because it also didn't feel you just didn't you know with you know if anyone goes to for general anesthetic we didn't know what exactly what impact COVID has on on their lungs in that case so it's you know it's only been that we're, we're only starting to feel comfortable getting back to normal now um so it's obviously it's been you know it's like any anyone's business it's been about pivoting and you know constantly trying to you know keep up to date with all the guidelines and, and i think probably just trying to stay positive and i think you know, if there's anything in my friends <laughs> conversation that i've been having i think they've all decided to have treatments done and and yeah. um, <laughs> I, and i was like i like every single one and i was like What's going on here? I think I think I'm in a couple of patients' social bubble. I think they come to see me so regularly, and I think I'm in their little bubble. <laughs> and I was like, uh, so we were just talking about how the lipstick effect, like you know, people who have gone through recession, you know, they don't they don't give up their lipstick and cosmetics. And I find that, like everybody I know who's had treatments done, fillers and Botox and all sorts, that they couldn't live with that and then the first thing that they did was to make appointments and uh, and and get their you know their faces kind of touched up and whatnot and so they were happy i mean that was probably the, probably the first thing that besides the haircut i think that the the you know they, they went to see their um uh, consultants you know and yeah was, people were people were coming in and they were just so you know when people haven't been having social interaction for a while. Yes. I had patients you for a half an hour appointment who were in for you know an hour and a half because you just they were just so excited to be out and be talking and um, yeah it, it was it was definitely it's, it's it's obviously like anyone trying to getting back to normal. It's been is there um, is there something you'll you'll be changing regarding uh, the practice that you have uh, with with knowing about COVID now? Is this certain things that you put into place uh, regarding any of your work uh, or have is there any major change that you've done? So if somebody before you, before pre-COVID and now, is there a change that you have in um, so, procedures? So for any, on any operation, it's now, there's, 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 there's um, patients need to isolate for a week beforehand. Right. Um, and we, so like all the, you know, all the pre-operative tests that you would normally have done, you know, people get swabbed for MRSA, people get their blood tests taken. Now there's the COVID test in there. It's just become, right. it's just been built into the kind of the standardized, preoperative care yes. um, and obviously um, there's you know there's always checks before patients come for their consultations or their treatment appointments make yeah. sure that you're not symptomatic etc 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 you know just just um, just ev just the usual the usual COVID gu guidelines apply to, con to consultations etc yeah. but people who need who need an operation they need to self-isolate and they need to have a test done um, and it's all it's all just it's it's, it's super routine now because we're, we're not expecting it to be going you know away anytime in yeah. the near near future <laughs> yeah i think well yeah next six months i think we're still going to be like this anyway so like what what do you do personally so when you have a difficulty or a challenge i.e covid or anything else how do you how does how do you deal with it um i think i try and if i try and try and see it in perspective i think but that always that doesn't always help but because you know if your own your own personal difficulties or your challenges are your own personal challenges and there's always going to be someone who's worse off but you know that's what you're feeling so you need to try you need to honor that um i like to if i'm having kind of i don't know negative thoughts and you know i'm feeling a bit down what i like to try and you know just kind of take a step back and say why am why am i telling myself because your thoughts you're telling yourself you know and so why am i telling myself these thoughts i can 
you know, and try and change my thoughts to, to something else that makes me feel better. Um, but I try and try and get fresh air, try and go for a walk or run, you know, and have a bit of fun. Like even, you know, call a friend that makes you laugh um, or just watch a funny clip, watch some Saturday Night Live. It's like my yeah. go-to if I'm feeling a little bit stressed or especially in the last couple of months when, you know, it's been quite uncertain with, with COVID and we, take the professional stress out of it. It's like everyone, like you said about, you know, your, your mom, everyone's got that worry about their, you know, their own loved ones. And even, even when you were, when you were, when you were ill yourself, you know, you, you quite worry, you don't know, you know, how is it going to turn out? Oh, absolutely. Um, but absolutely. yeah, so I think, I think just, um, just trying to have, you know, just, I always just, make some jokes and have some fun the humor and, you know try humor. yeah humor that's, that's definitely and i think which has been amazing so what what's your kind of personal lesson that you've learned from from this last few months i think um to to live more in the now and just be content with what we're you know that sure we can't do everything that we would have normally done but you can still be content and be happy in your in your day um to try and, and just to try and enjoy the day and not think too far ahead, I think. And, um, and also I think what was challenging for me is not being able to, probably so many people not being able to control, you know, not being able to say I'm going there, then I'm doing that. But, you know, your, your life isn't in your, your, your control with regards yes. to, you know, the unpredictability of the disease. It could, it could affect anyone or, or just being able to plan things in your life. So um, I think just going with the flow and just, trying to enjoy the day that's that's it's kind of it's I think it's made me slow down a bit like it's done lots of people and I think that's that's been definitely a positive thing because you can you can get you know on this you're on this little wheel that you're you're busy and you're going and you're going and you're going and you you know you don't take time during the day just to to chill out for a minute and say this is is actually really nice you know having a really nice lunch here or you know it's really nice weather out yeah just appreciate the the day the smaller things I suppose appreciate exactly is there a a, a woman or is there a celebrity that people come in and say I want to look like this person is there someone that um, is most popular and who is your style inspiration so with 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 the someone coming in with some there's never one particular person what someone will do is they'll find a feature on, it's usually on, on an, someone on Instagram. Right. They find the, the feature. They, so, you know, someone who wants um, a certain shape of lip, you know, they'll, they'll bring that and they'll just right. have tons of that one, that one person's okay. lip. So it's, I think it's people focus in on a certain feature on, on a certain, it's always people from Instagram now. Right. Um, God, it's so tough. I think I just, I think someone who, I think, you know, that is very glamorous and, you know, because it's, it, it, you know, it's, it takes a little bit of effort to, to, you know, do your hair and do your makeup and put your outfit together. And oh, yeah, you know, I think, I think someone who probably, yeah, yeah, I think someone who, and you know, it makes you feel better and it makes other people feel better. You know, you, whenever you see someone who looks fantastic walking down the street, you think, oh, well, they look, you know, yeah. it's something nice that happens in your day. Um, so I think someone like Amal Clooney, I always think she looks immaculate. I always, if I put on makeup, if I do my hair, you feel oh, like you're it. Beautiful in your black and white picture, by the way, on your. Oh, Instagram. thank you. I was like, yeah. that's amazing. You look beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. still beautiful, but and I love your outfit, by the way. I love leopard print, so yeah. My leopard print, you're yeah. On trend. <laughs> um, I actually, I put on. I have, I have heels. So this is something I do. I wear my like what I do when I'm around. So Mondays are always my 
since COVID, they're my admin day at home, work from home right. day, where I try and do all the, the stuff mm-hmm. part of the business that you don't like doing, like the accounting and all that. Um, but I wear either my summer clothes. I've always done that. When I'm in the when it's in the winter, I wear like summer dresses at home. Yeah. Like just and I put on I put on heels sometimes. Most of the time I'm in tracksuits, but if I want to feel better, so I put on. Oh, and it makes you know what it's you just feel you feel a little bit like more. Yeah. And it comes back to life being so short. It's like, why, you know, who cares? If it's going to make you feel a little bit better when you're walking around the house on your Monday, yeah. why not put your put some heels on for an hour, you know? Yeah, actually, uh, it helps with depression. So actually putting makeup on and getting, because I, I have so many people have been messaging me saying, oh my God, like I said, hey, you need to get back into a routine and then get dressed up. I know you're not going to go out the door, but get dressed up, get get ready. So when you're at your desk at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever time you've got to clock into the, into the, your, your, computer system or whatever that you are ready and you should be ready every single day why would you want to let it slip and I said you then I said to everybody in my club I said like you know you you got to uh, post a picture of what you're doing like every morning I should say have a a good morning selfie I need to see you because people just have just let themselves go in this whole you know few months and uh, they've gone into depression so even wearing a red lipstick or looking good or you know it changes your your whole uh, your whole yeah and it's like you do and it just shows that you're doing it for yourself you know because it it makes you feel it it makes it gives you that lift you know yes um and it you know it's 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 transformative really i think we're we're kind of it's kind we're kind of lucky and unlucky in a way as females that we have that we can do that but also i suppose that it's expected kind of as well yeah it's a double-edged sword sword really but who are your who are you who are your style icons i think i have you know just there's so many who comes here i think like you said it, there's so many aspects of a person that you like uh, for maybe the, a business point of view or a, you know the style um yeah. you know, expression i just had a guest on who worked for vivian westwood so there's elements of of certain designers that i like or there's a there's a you know a, an era of like art deco that i like or marilyn at the back you know so yeah, yeah. Um, you know i think there's and everybody has i think the perception of beauty is completely completely different now how people had this conventional idea of the blonde blue eyes yeah or even the figure or, or however you see in you know the industry the fashion fashion and models are changing completely the the conventional beauty uh, ideal that we you know that we were this we've seen media and in, in, in magazines is not what we see on instagram or tiktok now the people uh, are in all shapes and forms and uh, you know beauties and a different expression it's completely unique now it's not it's not conforming to anything so so perception of beauty is completely different this is why i say that actually accept and enjoy who you are you know if, unless you really are having some if you have difficulty but if you can afford it if you can uh, if, if you have the time the money the energy and if you really really want it then i would i would say to have procedures and it always helps having something done i think there's no harm in it i think it's just the way of the world why shouldn't yeah. you look good but i also feel that you know accepting your own unique body yeah. and your own self your you know god's creation i think that's also very helpful to really have uh, appreciation of your own features you know like my, i've got curly crazy hair to my iranian nose my arab eyes my you know like i've got i'm out of focus now but like you know i've got very arab eyebrows you know what i mean so i i love what i you know who i am and i think that's the whole point of being in style and and, and you know makeup because you can change you can change 
so I think that um, that always you always notice that if someone is happy in themselves, it could they come across as an yeah, attractive person. Absolutely. They're going to appeal to you. And yeah. what you just said about you know there being all so many different types of of beauty that we're being that we're seeing it. I think that's so refreshing. You know, yes. you, you, it's just it's such a good thing that um, and I think just what you said about you know. I think with my patients as well, it's always, you know, when you're trying to decide whether, you know, whether to operate on that person or not, if that person thinks that that one thing is going to change their life, you know, that's going to change their life completely. It's not, you know, it's, you know, someone needs to be in a, in a generally happy place. Yes. Sure, that one thing might make them a little bit happier, but it's not going to solve every problem in your life. Or, yeah. Or, it's you know, not, make your outlook different. It's not going to save a career. No? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Don't, I don't have that hope but I don't I do find that you know like the world is changing and everything around it is changing um uh, and and you know as as you said that growing up was so different um what is it that you would tell your younger self like if you were to tell you know any any advice and give yourself advice what would you oh say my God. <laughs> um I think it would probably be definitely something with just something first of all will be about I think I probably like most girls spent so a lot of time like you know when you're dating boys and you think oh maybe he likes me and maybe he doesn't you know I think if he likes you he will text you I think that would have been something that I would have been delighted you'll, you'll know about it exactly yeah <laughs> if when I was 16 17 that would have been great to just accept and know I probably would have spent like saved a lot of time like looking at my phone late at night um I think to just not, I think when you're younger, when I was younger, little things would have taken up so much more headspace. I would have worried about them, you know, and I would have thought, oh my God, you know, stressing unnecessarily about little things. So I think if it's not going to matter, this is, this is a, a cheesy cliche line, but if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. That's what I always say to my nieces and nephews, I say. Just That's forget about advice. it, you know, just forget about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what we all imagine something you know and the, the thing that we worry about actually doesn't even exist you know it doesn't even happen at the end of the day you know yeah. I spend all that time consumed by the worry you know so my yeah. father would say to me don't worry you know like don't worry that's the favorite line you know don't worry so yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right my mum used to say 99% of what you worry about never happens yeah. and I still think that I'm like and it's so true it's so true because yeah. you um, spend so, just so much time wasting time just having all these negative worries and thoughts and yeah absolutely so where do you see yourself in five years time is there what, what would you like to be doing or is there a, and also is there a trend that is happening or do you see something different in the next um next five years what is it that um, will be changing and how would you like to change your practice so i think professionally wise i think something that it, it is a, it is a, a part of my practice now but i think it's gonna in five years it's gonna be the thing is is fat transfer um, so it's essentially when instead of using dermo fillers, things like that, you take a little bit of the body's own fat and yeah. use it in the same way. That's um, so recycling, that is, isn't it? Like, why would you want to? Exactly it, it just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And I guess what are the benefits to that? Is it the fact that, that it's, it's your own DNA, it's your own body, that it's not going to be alien when it's injected? Is, is yeah, how, how would that benefit then? That's one. Um, I yeah. think it has the benefit of you can maybe take a little bit of fat from somewhere that you know you have a, a little extra bit that you don't mind you know losing 50 mils or 100 mils of it that's yeah. one benefit um but the fact that it's permanent 
is 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 good because it's um you know with fillers etc they do they do break down in the body over a period of months yes they repeat treatments but with a fat transfer it's essentially um you know it's a permanent solution so that's something that's really good brilliant um i think there's a trend in skincare i don't know what you think about this but i think it will become more simplified again i think we're in this period of time at the moment where going back to to simple life not simple life in that you know we just use all use vaseline on our face i don't think we're doing that (laughs) but i think simplification of the formulations of the product so there's like less steps so it's you know and it's so that people are more are clearer in the head because i have a lot of patients and clients they're just getting really confused about you know it's like which serum am I supposed to use here? And I'm supposed to use 10 different steps. And oh, I think yes. the formulations will get a lot more sophisticated. So it's, you know, you're literally using your one product in the morning, one product at night time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are things, they are two things that I think will, will happen. Um, and I think fat transfer in general for it will, cause we'll replace breast augmentations, breast implants. Um, in five years, oh my God, I really, I, that's such a what tough question. Like to do? What would you see yourself? I mean, I know that you're traveling internationally, but is there anything mm. else that you would like where you, you or your business to be in a different place? Um, I think I would, li- I would like, um, I, probably by that stage in my career, I would, I've always had this dream that I'd really, I'd love to go to an area of the world but that don't really have access to, to special surgical, surgical care. Um, and have a center or some sort of a facility there. I think that would just be, that is a long-term dream of mine. Whether or not it's in five years, maybe it'll start smaller in five years, but I have a vision of myself, you know, when I retire or maybe even when I just, when I stop, um, you know, just operating, you know, just operating in, I don't know what, a, a smaller community and just providing, you know, because with plastic surgery, it's got all the burns, the hand surgery, all things that are really important for you know people's people's life and um there's a there's a real lack of access to to those type of facilities and and services in in certain parts of the world so that is something i would definitely that is my long-term goal to to set something like that up i would say that's brilliant you know what just something that just just has triggered something off to me you know regarding i think the four months that i was sick I was looking down on my phone and um, and I said, oh, I've got these two lines. And she goes, oh, you've got Technic. Have you heard of it? So, no, I've heard of it. But like, she goes, oh my God, you, uh, Mariam, you've got a Technic going on there. And I was like, what the hell is a Technic? And I was just, I was like, where did this come from? Where, where is it? Go- Have you noticed a lot of um, changes even with technology, the way that we, our, our, our lifestyle has become and how, um, you know, like posture and, you know, things regarding, but regarding technic, what would you Definitely. say? That is, that is, I think that, so for technic, what would be perfect for tech, what is perfect for technic is um, essentially one of the, one of the type of dermal fillers that we spoke about that has those remodeling properties. So right, right. A series of injections. So you have a quite a liquid dermal filler that spreads out and just gives you super hydration without having to try and individually fill in the line because yeah, yeah sometimes that can end up quite obvious so that is always something that's kind of the first port of call for tech i don't know it, you know what it just appeared so i will be coming to see you and i will document everything when my experience when i come and see you but i was like you know when you when you start getting those little you know 
Alhamdulillah, God, God, uh, you know, it's given me a little bit of a, a, you know, a younger, youthful face. But I feel like my eyes, you know, when you're really tired and, you know, you can't cover up with makeup. But, you know, so certain things now appear. And, you know, if you can, and, you know, why not? I always say, you know, you know, you should improve yourself, you know. If, it's going to make you feel better. Project, the biggest project that you will work on. And so, you know, you have to be happy at the end of the day. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much. Um, I was going to say, is there anything that you would like to leave uh, our audience with uh, a message uh, for the ladies? Firstly, anybody who wants to get into uh, plastic surgery or, you know, somebody who is aspiring to be someone like you and, and mm. you know, someone who wants to, to come into this field of work, what advice for them? And secondly, advice for all of us uh, regarding any, any message or anything that you would think that we would benefit from. Um, I think, you know, for people who want to maybe aspire or think that would be something that they would really enjoy to do is to just go for it. Um, be prepared that it's, you know, it's going to take, it takes a, quite a while, but don't lose sight of the goal. Um, How long did it take you with your training? Postgraduate, um, nine years, I think. Um, okay, so, yeah. so it's, it's a, it's a long, long journey, but it's, it, those years are fun as well they're the years that you're not going to get back you know when you you look back at them and you kind of think of them as like your war years your war stories you know you're like we all have these you know we could I can remember so many occasions when you're just so sleep deprived and some of the so many funny stories as well you have with your colleagues and things so I would say it's not all doom and gloom you know it's a really it's an, an enriching experience if you if you if you really want to go for it just just go for it um um, and for all the ladies, I think it's something that we've been touching on completely, you know, through the entire thing. If it's going to go to someone, you know, identify what's, what's, what's annoying you, you know, be able to say to the person, this is what I would like to improve. You know, this is what I, this feature or this aspect of my face or my body is starting to get me down. Maybe that's number one, because you have to be able to, you, you need to communicate that for, for the person to be able to, to give you the options for that, for that specific um, area um, do your research you know um, and and if it's going to make you happier if it's going to you know go for it excellent thank you so so much um, and how do people find you just through Instagram or um, um, whereabouts are you based in Harley Street or should I just um, the details yeah, so on the podcast it's, so it's all the details so you can just go to the website which is drturnerharleystreet.com has all the you know you can you can get get the email address, um, which is info at drjournerharleystreet.com, I think. Um, and there's also the phone numbers, et cetera, there. So for the, for the girls that... What are your hours of work? Uh, are you working um, um, Monday to Friday? Or do you work on the weekends? Um, I, do one, I do one Saturday a month. Um, right. So I do do, and I do some kind of late sessions. It, it, you know, we do, we, we work around some, some people. We do, we have certain clinic sessions for people who work during the week and they also suit me because I'll come out of theater and then I can see some patients after that um but the girls are are fantastic I work I have a really 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 um experienced team as well so the 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 person who picks up the phone when you call they have over 10 years experience dealing with people like you so you know they're able to answer your questions um really you know with with a lot of knowledge so and sometimes you just want to you just want to, you know, ask really basic thing, you know, yeah. and it might just be because you might, you know, you might not be at that point where you want to come for a consultation or you're not at that point where you're thinking you would like to have something done yet. But 
just if you haven't, you know, just to have you have a question, they're really good at just being able to answer all those type of questions. So that's brilliant because yeah, I think it is sometimes, like you said, some people are pondering over the thought of having something yeah. done, but initially just having to to have, start that conversation and to get some yeah, exactly. done, and that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Dr. Turner. I'm so, I have learned so much. I've I've learned oh. so much, and I feel like our audience will be much more better equipped and and feel safe. And the best thing is that you know to have somebody trusted and an expert of what you're doing i'm i'm so honored honestly uh, and hope there's more plastic surgeons like yourself coming up um thank you so much for joining us oh thank you mariam it's been it's been loads of fun <laughs> oh i'd love to have you and maybe have do a part meeting. two afterwards exactly yeah. <laughs> we do some this is the before and we'll do the after <laughs> yes and i will come in definitely to see you it'd be great to see you uh, thank you so much okay no problem bye bye mariam okay. bye bye